Welcome back to another episode of Brick by Brick 365. I'm your host, Tyler Johnson. And with me, we have Mike, um, owner of Holy Cow Ice Cream in the North Shore area. Uh, Mike, how's it going? What's up, man? Glad to be on. Awesome. Glad to have you. I know we got you um, crazy season for you over the summer and uh, spring and fall. I'm glad things are a little bit um, steadier for you. How's everything been? Yeah, everything's been great. It's uh, we're, we're closing in on our first... Um, first year a, a couple months from now it'll be a, a full year but our Peabody location opened up in um, beginning of June end of May and um, that's our second location our first one started in Gloucester and Peabody was uh, a big jump it was it was really necessary for um, for the growth of the business in general so a lot more business over there but um we also have a lot more storage and it's just, it, it's all worked out very well. So I think, uh, I don't know what I would have done without this first next step into the, you know, expansion and everything else. So awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, PBD is a little bit closer to me where we went to the Gloucester one out that way and it was awesome and excited to try out the PBD side of things shortly. Um, yeah. You have that idea of, of opening the PBD side of things. So Gloucester, I'm, I've always kind of been a little bit unfamiliar with Gloucester. I grew up in Linfield um so you know we used to go up there go to the beach and all that but i i was kind of unfamiliar with the community everything else with it um so we ended up opening up the gloucester location in 2014 and so i don't know if i should backtrack with how this started or whatever but um yeah whatever whatever works for you but basically so like we i was in real estate back in um 2014, I was doing like uh, like apartment rentals as a you know a broker, trying to just uh, just hustle and, and do that whole thing. And uh, I was living in the city at the time, and yeah, so it was kind of just hustling, grinding, trying to find some ways to make an extra buck. And uh, I was looking into investment properties in um, in Boston, and uh, I, I didn't have a million dollars cash to uh, to spend. So, never uh, st- yeah, it's like, well, now you can't even, don't even get me started on the real estate. I, I can't buy a house for my family without friggin' selling my business. Um, but anyway, so basically, uh, started looking further and further outside of the city, so I could find something that was like a you know a rental property, uh, multi unit, something like that. And something caught my eye. It was like an abandoned property in, in Gloucester that was pretty, pretty big considered what I was, what I was looking for. Um, it was like a 5,000 square foot, like several unit uh, mixed use building that was commercial, two commercial units and, and three apartments. So it was, uh, it was, price was really low. It had the whole like red X on the building <laughs> indicating like, if there's a fire in here, don't try to salvage it. Uh, it's completely, you know, totaled essentially so so we i went in uh and well i kept an eye on it at first and and then i saw that i got a notification that like it it dropped by another like fifty thousand, and i'm like you know what this is a lot more affordable than what i'm looking for it gives a, a you know a nice little construction project something to do so ended up buying that um and so once we got in there pretty much um it was before, so like I, you know, got a construction loan so we could, you know, demo the building, get in there. And before we were able to, you know, before I even had like the the bank's approval for the construction loan or in the interim or whatever, I, like I 
tend to do them in there with a sledgehammer getting, uh, you know, probably put myself in a little bit of danger, but hey, what else, right? Um, so I, there was a specific like time where, you know, it was like a three day period. My brother-in-law and I were just sledgehammering away, have, having a good time, figuring out what the hell we we're going to do with the building. And uh, we're sitting outside and there's like a sub shop across the street. And so we're just like sitting on the, on the curb, like a bunch of bums with, you know, covered in probably asbestos. We'll find out 40 years from now. Uh, so we're sitting out there just like having, you know, having a sub and a soda and we're, it seems like so many people are like coming by and they're like, they're asking is like, is Holy Cow coming back? And like, I literally, like I'd heard the name, but like there was, there was this ice cream place that was there in like the nineties that was kind of just like, they had like, you know, uh, soft serve, um, penny candy, like, you know, it was, it was a, it was a known like thing in the community, little general store type thing. Um, and so people were like, people would ask and, you know, after a while I, st I was like, no, you know, we're just doing construction. <laughs> we're going to, I was just planning on, you know, condoing all the units yeah. and, and selling and getting, the, getting the hell out of there. And, um, it got to the point where like a couple, couple days later, it was like the same situation, like the, on the third day, people asking again. And I just like looked at my brother and I'm like, yeah, it is. And yeah. so like, <laughs> so, so after that, we're like, I'm like, should I like, this is probably in the middle of the summer too. So I'm like, I don't have much time to, to get this going for that season. But I was like, or it was probably that, no, it was like the beginning of the summer. So we're like, all right, if we can maybe, I can get the contractors in here and start with this unit and move on to the other ones. Like maybe we can, you know, salvage like a, a little bit of time in the summer and um, the, without knowing anything about selling ice cream I was gonna say, <laughs> or anything about it. You guys just look at each other. Like, do you know anything about ice cream? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like, you know what? It, it seems like a small enough little shop that I could be like, all right, listen, I, I watch YouTube tutorials. I can, I can, uh, you know, sit down and focus and try to figure this thing out um so basically we were like all right I'll, I'll try to figure this out so had the contractors come in and we're like all right what can we fit for freezers in here what are we gonna sell and i, I started looking into it and i'm like i i used to go to richardson's growing up i think they wholesale like so that 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 was good ice cream always you know yeah exactly so i'm like all right well we'll, we'll sell richardson's and i'll get some chest freezers and um yeah so we started pretty much like trying to figure out what the layout would be and then like from there it was I, I remember like specifically um like sitting at like a Sunday dinner at my house and and I'm kind of like going over my brother-in-law's with me I'm like tell I'm like tell him like it seems like people want like a you know that ice cream place there and my mom is sitting there like worried that I'm gonna like blow any money that I like have invested in this and um so pretty much I, I remember like that specific like Sunday dinner that we were like all right so like I'm gonna do this what what are we gonna call this thing and it's like you know, I, I just remember like going through different like seaside scoops uh, and like yeah, like all these like I like look back at it and I'm like well seaside scoops wouldn't have existed today <laughs> if I did that because it's like the whole thing was not necessarily like based on the name but I mean like once I looked into it, I got, a, you know, got a lawyer to look into it. I'm like, Hey, can I, um, like, can I use this? And it's like the LLC that they had dissolved like 10 years ago. Oh, so, 
Yeah. So like there's, there's no holy cow. I mean, it seems like a name that is something that is a, a name that's recognizable. Right. So, um, so I was like, all right. And I looked up the, the, with the previous deed who owned the building before and this, this guy that lives in Jacksonville or something. So I like tracked him down because I'm like, I listen, legally I can use it, yeah. but I don't know. I just want to, I don't want to step on any toes, never know what, what this guy was uh, involved with, who he knows, what, other, you know. Um, so basically like I, I got in contact with this guy and I'm like, Hey, uh, do I have your blessing to like open Holy cow? He didn't give a shit. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Good luck. Like, so basically like I, I got the guy's permission too, and I'm like, all right, Holy cow. It is like, um, what are we going to do here? Like, all right, order a bunch of different tubs of ice cream from Richardson's. I'll hire some staff um, and we'll try to figure this out on the fly. So um, pretty much first thing I did, I, I feel like I, in terms of like the, the whole ice cream business and the business in general, like I feel like I kind of started with like the, it technically probably not, probably the least important priorities that I needed to start with. I started with and I'm like, all right, we need a logo. We need a social media page. And it's like, I didn't even have uh, <laughs> profit margins. I didn't have anything that was important to like actually start a business. But I, I think kind of that theme ends up when, when it continues to play out being like important because I didn't open the business to, start, to, to, to make money. Like, What's the thing? It's like, uh, it, is it your end all be all? Is it, are you all in or, I mean, were you still doing real estate early on when this started or did you kind of drop? Yeah. So it was like, like basically once, yeah, I forget specifically when I, when I ended up leaving the brokerage that I was working for, but I, I ended up, um, I forget. the timeline is a little bit fuzzy to me, but I remember, um, yeah, cause we were, li I was living in, it was, I was living in Kendall Square in Cambridge at the time, ridiculously expensive apartment that was like my, my wife, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, like we were like, you know, didn't do all our numbers, like due <laughs> diligence. We're like, uh, just because, you know, she worked for Pegasystems, a tech company that's like right at the Galleria. And so like we were both working city jobs at the time. So it was like, it made sense for us to be yeah. there. Once I started going to Gloucester every day, I'm driving like an hour and 15 yeah. minutes, like there yeah. and back. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, uh, this commute for you where you roll out of bed and you go to work, it's not going to work for me anymore. So, and eventually we ended up halfway in between. I'm in Peabody now. So like Peabody is like literally right in between oh, the yeah. two. Um, we've had several different apartments in the meantime that were closer to, that's kind of another story, but uh yeah. So, so basically I, I stopped doing real estate and I was like, all right, I'm going to focus on opening this place up, um, focus on the, the rental units that I have to get occupancy certificates for. Um, yeah, definitely lived in uh, one of the apartments in the uh, eight months before I got the certificates of occupancy. <laughs> so I didn't have to take a, take an L on that. So um, that, for me was nice because I was rolling out of bed going to holy cow to work and she was she was taking the train and uh yeah she was probably driving two hours back and forth had to had to make up for it um <laughs> yeah exactly it was it was her turn to suffer <laughs> so basically once we um yeah so so what I was saying before is like I I started prioritizing with like like designing a logo for it and like 
um, you know, design like interiorly, you know, interior designing of like the this little shop and like how it's gonna look and all this stuff. Um, and then from there, it was like, okay, so we started, you know, selling Richardson's ice cream. Um, it got a good response from the beginning. Um, and pretty much what what had me start after like after like a solid year. We were, we were seasonal in the beginning, like so. Basically, like after like a couple years, of, or after like a year of doing it, we were getting um, reviews. Like we were getting a lot of like good reviews, and a lot of the times because we didn't like a lot of places, they'll sell Richardson's and they'll be like, "We sell Richardson's ice cream," and yeah. like bring people there. So like people were coming there and like eating Richardson's ice cream and being like, "This place has the best ice cream," and it's like. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> Not saying anything about it. Um, but then kind of like, as that was continuing to to go on, I'm like, all right, we need to like have a proprietary, like, you know, special or whatever the deal is that we do. So what we started doing was um, homemade, like from scratch cookies um, and then pairing them with like, you know, a, a Richardson's ice cream and making our own like unique, uh, making something unique that wasn't, you know, sold at some, some other place. So our ice cream sandwiches, nice photo worthy stuff, you know, go on social media, people start liking those. Um, so once the ice cream sandwiches started like taking off, you know, we're, all right. So now I'm like, all right, I, I think I have to, I don't, I have like a little tabletop, basically like an easy bake oven. Uh, so like we're, like all right well we need to kind of expand this so i had that other second commercial unit that was next door um to it was connected but i hadn't rented it out to anyone yet because i just it was kind of just a blank unit um and bear with me real quick like if if i'm going sorry if i need to if i'm just driving here but like if i'm getting like too in detailed on this and you're like all right this is going to be fucking two hours too long or whatever let me know and i can speed things up but i'm just kind of going stream of consciousness throughout feel free to cut this obviously i'm sure this isn't entertaining but all right so um back to it so what i was saying was like so at a certain point i was like all right we need to um like we need a bigger space to be able to like you know make our cookies and whatever else so I already have a commercially zoned unit that's that's connected to the shop essentially. <laughs> so it's like, all right, uh, now what are the steps to turn this, you know, have this license to be a, you know, bakery essentially. So had, you know, board of health come in, fire department, all this stuff. All right. So it's like, all right, so now I need a, you know, convection oven and I need a three bay sink back there and, you know, $25,000 later and I have, uh, you know, the plumber doing all the stuff, the electrician. So, so now out back, we have this, this kitchen that's attached to it. So it's like, okay, we got a mixer, we got all this stuff. So start making more cookies and, um, selling more ice cream sandwiches. And, and we're continuing to get the whole, like, this place has the best ice cream and I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Uh, so then the, the thought to me, and I, I still, even when I was selling ice cream like I still didn't even it's like almost embarrassing at this point I didn't even like know how ice cream was made yeah. so like like at all I didn't even realize like so I I start looking into like some uh like YouTube tutorials of like how to make ice cream like what machines do you use whatever blah 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 so I, I'm watching these these tutorial videos by um 
by this company, Emory Thompson. And they have like, they're a US based company. It's like, they make like the gold standard, like best batch freezers to make ice cream. So I bought this, like this little one. I watched a bunch of the videos. It was like probably the most effective, like sales uh, videos I could have watched. Cause it's like, they're like, if you use this machine, you know, they showed you how to use that exact machine. So I'm like, well, at this point I have to buy this one, even though it's like the, the most expensive one. Um, yeah. They, they baited me into it. They got me. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to figure this out. So I start, um, I watch all the videos and I'm like, I think I, I, I think I have an idea, like, you know, bring the creative aspect of what we're doing with the ice cream sandwiches and like the, all that aspect of it and bring that into actual ice creams. And we'll start doing, you know, maybe some specials cause it's still a small machine that I'm using. It's like, I, I don't think that I could have filled, you know, two big freezers with what I was doing unless I had people working all night. And I, so started doing some specials and uh, that was, I think 2017. So had a couple of years to kind of not be super, you know, uh, I shouldn't even say like super busy. We were really busy, but it was just a different type of busy. It was yeah. like busy with like ordering the ice cream and figuring out all that stuff as opposed to like, you know, actually making something, all that stuff. So, so we were end up, uh, so I started making some ice cream back in, I think it was 20, maybe early 2018. And um, we end up continuing to get like a lot of good feedback about it. I'm like, okay, this is nice. And so once I, I spent a, like a, there was one specific like off season, I think going into 2019 where I was like, I need to like nail down like the staple flavors Cause like, if I can't sell chocolate, vanilla and, you know, strawberry, which are like the big three yeah. that people like, like, I'm always going to be kind of just like doing some specials. And I feel like it's like, you know, it's not going to be quite, quite there. Um, so spent a lot, you know, I had, don't get me wrong. I still end up doing the same type of thing where I'll have five different like half pints with like, this one has like. 2.5 ounces of, uh, you know, vanilla extract. This one has three and I'm, I'll still like do that to try to, you know, continuously refine the product the formula. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, so, so we started making chocolate and vanilla and that were actually like, wow, this is actually very good. Surprisingly. So, um, kind of got to understand how ice cream was made a lot more, um, and there's, there's just so many facets to it that I didn't fully get at first. Like, so like, essentially like you pour, you know, I'll give you a quick, uh, quick background, yeah. but basically like you, you use a, like a, a dairy mix that's, you know, anywhere from 10% to 16% butter fat, um, which is like the, you know, just like the fat content of the ice cream. And depending on how fast you spin it in this batch freezer, you know, you're going to get more air or less air out of it essentially. And like, so what what we do that not all ice cream places do i'm sure there are a lot that do the same thing so i don't want to act like i you know reinvented the wheel here but like in terms of like the air that's pumped into the ice cream in the in the ice cream uh like science world it's called overrun i don't know why uh they don't just call it air i mean maybe they want to sound fancy and not market uh their product as having air in it because air is very very free and overrun is uh yeah overrun's expensive <laughs> so basically like we depending on like the the speed that you spin the ice cream like you can you fluff it up you know like 
So a lot of places that are putting maybe money over the, the quality of the product will spin it as high as they can possibly go and yield, you know, a hundred percent overrun, which is like, if you put uh, one gallon of mix in this machine, you're going to get two gallons of mix out of it. So the more air you pump into it, the, the less, you know, the cer certain people don't get me wrong. I mean, there's different types of ice cream. Some people like, like their ice cream to be really light. And some people like a very like yeah. creamy, rich ice cream. So we spin our machines like a lot lower than a lot of other places do it. So like where some places will have, um, you know, a hundred percent overrun and one gallon will yield two gallons our one gallon will yield like a gallon and a half. Yes. So it's like, there's just, it's just a little bit more compressed into what we have. Right. So that's kind uh, of stretching a buck for some of these, you know, smaller companies starting out in a way, you know, you're getting two gallons, probably a little less quality, but you know, it's going a longer way in a sense. For yeah. Product. It's like, it's similar to like, it's like cutting a product in a, in a way. So mm -hmm. um, it's just a, a more, you know, dense way of, uh, of selling the ice cream. So that's that's kind of what I feel like is the um I shouldn't say the the only difference. There's a million different uh like reasons why, you know, and I'm trying to be modest in a way, but like why our ice cream like I mean, it's really crazy sometimes how like how how rabid of like a, a fan base we have. And it's like as much as like my brain is like, you know, telling me it's like it's just ice cream, it's just ice cream. It's like it's ice cream, but it's like, it's ice cream that people are choosing over others. And like the, the response that we get is like, clearly like what we are doing with our product is something that is, is, is being, you know, enjoyed by people. So um, there, yeah. So I, on top of that, the um, one of the main reasons I started making the ice cream too, is like, like I wanted to be able to you know, we could, we can make a variety of different ice cream sandwiches with different cookies and different ice creams. But if we're always going to have Richardson's ice cream, I'm never going to be able to make that whatever, you know, that idea that comes into my head or one of my employees says, or my family that, you know, people have their inputs on these things. And uh, a lot of times now when people text me or call me and they're like, you should do this. I'm like, get in line, buddy. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, but basically it's like, so like one of the first ice creams that we made is like such a simple one, but it's like still on our menu. It's like um, the milk and cookies ice cream that we have. It's like our homemade chocolate chip cookies and just a sweet cream base. And it's very basic and like simple, but it's like, it's, it's homemade chocolate chip cookies in this ice cream. So I love about it too. Like I went, I, I had that one and it, it's the name even too, like just makes it like sound more home. Like it tastes exactly like you're, you're thinking about your, you're just dipping cookies in milk in a sense. Like, yeah. yeah. Like the, the title of it gives you the image and you know, the taste kind of puts it all together. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the fact that you've actually uh, had the ice cream and you're not just uh, full of shit. <laughs> I got a little bit of Gloucester support in me, so we're... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, no, I mean, a, a lot of what I'm hearing, I think it's really creative, is like you you started with the brand as much as, you know, you kind of think it it was a little outside of the box. Like it gave you that separation to, like you said, people were coming to you or coming to Holy Cow, not necessarily the Richardson's brand. And I think that maybe just separated you from just a basic ice cream shop that, you know, gets people that are at tourist locations to come in and out. Like 
are you guys doing a lot more since you've created the ice cream yourself? Like just like selling the, selling it by the pine pitchers and things like that. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. And the thing is like on top of it being, all right. So like if we, obviously the labor costs are going to go up significantly with having to, you know, make your entire product and, um, Sorry, did that text message sound come through with you too or no? no? Okay, sorry. I didn't know if I should mute something, but I'm like getting flooded with text and I don't <laughs> want to. Um, so with making the, the ice cream homemade, it's it's going to be more inexpensive to to make the product, but obviously, you know, the 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 labor costs like skyrocket. So it's a catch-22. It's like whether, you know, it's I don't know weighing out the, you know, if it was still Richardson's in this, but I doubt that we would be doing, you know, as many sales because no one would, they'd go to Richardson's if they wanted to, if that was the case, or if, it, or if it was convenient and don't get me wrong, like I have nothing, uh, like nothing against somebody that like, if you found a, a commercial space on a boardwalk in a vacation town and you sell, I mean, good on you, you're selling a product that's whatever it's, um, hopefully I find some more of those types of, uh, of, you know, new locations to open up at some point. Um, but yeah, so I, we definitely, since, since we started making the ice cream, the, the sales have definitely gone up, uh, significantly. And I think that, um, one of the biggest things that has helped us continue to grow was um when we opened up during covid like at the you know hype of like the the peak of everyone you know being quarantined and all that like i was um, i'm glad that i didn't listen to some people that were telling me not to open because a lot of people were were and don't get me wrong everyone had uh, you're entitled to your opinion on something but like there was a lot of people that were like you shouldn't be making a food product that you're selling if you like, you know what I mean? Like, cause like I, everything, I mean, just <clears throat> think back to think back to March, oh, 2020, March, 2020, we're, we're getting groceries delivered and, and putting on a hazmat suit and cleaning down with Clorox wipes. Like, so what we started doing is like a lot of businesses did like you adjust your business and try to figure out a way to make it work during that time. And what I had like, on the back burner for a while that I just wasn't really like prepared for. Cause there's just another like, uh, you know, revenue stream or channel of businesses to, to bring in, but was doing pre-packed pints. And I didn't know like really what the process was to pack a pint, but like essentially what you have to do is to, to have consistency with it. Like you have to, so when the ice cream gets made, it comes out and it's kind of like soft serve consistency. Yep. And then once, once you're, you know, so it has to get packed up while it's still soft. So there's no, um, cause if you, if you pack it by hand, you're pushing out the air and you're, um, you won't have the same type of uh, experience as you would have if it's right from the machine. So we, we figured out a way to, to, you know, do pints only and online sales and, sales at the window only so there was no we weren't accepting cash at the time we we're just doing everything to make sure that the most uh hypochondriac of people were would be what the general population would feel yep. safe uh getting the product so during that time um we were yeah we were pretty much doing all the online sales and like during that time um i was heavily dependent on 
spreading the message through social media. Um, so basically like what, what we started doing was like videos and, you know, Instagram stories and pictures of pints and, and stuff like that. That's like, Hey, this is the flavor that we, that we made today. Um, go on our website or actually, I don't even know if we were if we, at that time, we didn't even have the website built yet. So it was call, uh, 978-281-0313. And the way that I'll always remember that is, um, this friend of mine who's, uh, who did a jingle for me. A jingle. (laughs) So there was, uh, there was a lot of bored people during that quarantine and, uh, I'm not gonna sing the whole, the whole song because I, I'm sure my, my pipes aren't there, but there's something, I'm trying to think of what the, the punch are. Is call nine seven eight two eight one zero three one three. Off the Holy cow! League. It made the kid's unbelievable on this piano. On the piano, he's like ripping away. He's like <laughs> so. Anyways, but that that was like a, a joke. So we shared that. I was like, thank God I'm not like uh, accepting all, all orders through phone now because it would be a nightmare. <laughs> I should. I need to get back to that at some point. But either way, so like the whole social media aspect of it was like, okay, it wasn't just you know, to get likes, it was more like, Hey, we need to show you that, like, this is the product that we have today call. We'll put it aside for you and we'll sell out when we sell out. And like, we weren't making a ton at the time because we had limited space. We had limited resources, all that stuff. So like we ended up very frequently selling out of stuff like pretty quick. And so it's not like, you know, from day one, it was like, you know, freezers full of ice cream that were gone in one day, but it was like, it almost feels like from a marketing standpoint, that it was like the hype that I was building up. It was, it wasn't like fake hype. It was more just like notifying people that like, okay, we made this batch today at the time. It was probably only like 30 pints or something of a certain flavor, but like to let people know when we sold out, we would post notifications on things. And like, so like, you know, we put up an Instagram story saying we're sold out of a certain thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think me, I don't know if it's because of COVID or, or the visuals that, that we put out, but like, we really have a strong, um, like customer demographic that like likes to interact with the the page. And it's like, I, I get like, it's, it's almost weird. Like if some, if, if a business responds to you on something, it almost feels more like, holy shit, like a business, like they, they yeah. liked my comment or they like did something like that. And it's like, yeah, but it's also just me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, um, so either way, so like basically, you know, well, it doesn't people, take much to, to, to do that, but it has such a large impact, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's, you could probably make a couple phone calls or shoot a couple quick messages but like those the impact of the brand is just how big the fan base is it's going to spread with reviews and follow-ups and things like that which is awesome and like and you're right about that and and the thing that um i still try to to keep up with is like and i'll give you a quick example of something after but like so you know if somebody tags us in a in a post of like saying like holding up their pint like what they got like we got um cereal milk best ice cream ever blah 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 like obviously we're going to share that post d- just as it's it it's p it's like we're giving someone like 
like, hey, make some content for us. <laughs> and, and so people make content for us and then we share that and we're getting the word out more. Um, every time somebody like I, it's the, the ball just continues to roll on this and snowball effect because every person that shares, like we always encourage, obviously, like share your pint, show us what you're eating today. You know, the, the other day during your snowstorm, like who stocked up on what, like, what was your snow day choice? And it's like, mine was muddy buddy. And then, you know, people, people share their pints, you know, however many followers they have, they're like, Oh, cool. I like ice cream. Who doesn't like ice cream? So it's one of those things where like, it's an experience more so than anything else too, which it's. And, and that's what you're right about the experience thing. And that's what we're going to continue to try to, um, to hit on with, like future locations and stuff. And it's like with the whole, you know, use of the word experience that you just said, like to me, that is hit on all um, senses. So like you go there, you, you like what you see, you like what you smell, you get waffle cone smells, whatever cookies are coming out of there. Um, music playing positive, like atmosphere essentially. So and if, if we're hitting on all senses, then the ice cream's good on top of that. That's kind of, you know, the, uh, obviously that's objective number one, but it almost seems like, you know, all the other stuff is almost just as important in some ways. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah, that's, but, but you're, you're completely right on that is it's like, it's not just a product, it's an experience well, and you, you gotta enjoy. People, you, especially now, like you look at a lot of people, like they're going places to follow other people or like, Oh, so-and-so went there. Like I should check it out. But where it stops is like, you're going to do that because the brand or the name or the like experience where I think like your separation is, is like now, like the product is good. That's getting people to recommend other people to come. It's not just, yeah. Like I went and saw Gloucester and stopped at Holy cow. It's go to Holy cow. It's in Gloucester. You know what I mean? Yep. And things like, yeah, it's, uh, it's, if it would be a big problem if we were baiting all these people and didn't have something that they actually wanted once they got there, which <laughs> exactly. is like, it's like, why? so back to, I mean, this is kind of the, I feel like maybe the most important part of uh, the business like journey so far has been COVID and the response to it and everything, because so, and, and it led to where we are now and where we're continuing to go because so we were getting, as I said, with like the stories and people sharing their experience and everything else, it's like we were seeing and getting so many reviews that were like stuff that I, it gave me anxiety because it's like people like I just drove 45 minutes. Um, I, I just drove 45 minutes from, you know, uh, Quincy and not Quincy, like Revere or something uh, and like showing their pints and like a packed cooler and stuff like that. And I'm like, hopefully that's good when you get home with it i'm like so so the thing is like people are people are traveling and like i say 45 minutes I, we've had people saying that they drove an hour each way like there was yeah it basically just like stuff where i'm like holy shit like i we have to make sure that the product is good at this point because i don't want to i mean on top of like obviously i want everyone to be a return customer but it's more about like common decency is like i don't want to like i want to live up to the hype like we you're have driving to make an hour <laughs> you drive yeah, an hour like, your standards are probably up here now <laughs> yeah and i'm like i honestly like I, there was times where i was just like listen 
the product is finicky. It's ice. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's frozen. Like if you don't store that properly or if it melts and then refreezes, like that's like, that's I'm out of my hands. That's money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I hope you can come back when you can actually enjoy a scoop. If you had a bad experience Exactly. and like that experience is like, there's obviously going to be some people that have st stuff to say, which is, I mean, you can, there's a lot of places that look at it and they, and they go, and then there's, there's also times where you got to look at it and look at yourself and your business and be like, oh, okay, that shouldn't have happened. Like that's a, that's an issue. That's a valid complaint that we need to, that's a, that's an issue. We need to target that issue. We need to solve that issue and we won't have that again. So it's, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot of, you know, facets to it in general, but um, I, I think that troubleshooting is like, it's, it's hard to do sometimes when you're in the thick of it and like emotions get in the way and all that stuff. But it's like plain and simple. Some complaints are valid. Some complaints are, are frivolous. Filter out what you think is, is important and don't be afraid to adapt and make changes. And like that, that whole deal, because if, if one person, a lot of people are, listen, there's going to be assholes in, in every field in every aspect of, you know, especially the anonymity of being online and being able to, to write something and not say it to somebody's face. But I mean, just as many, there's, you got to assume that that's the vocal minority, right? Yeah. So you got to assume that there are, there are also a lot of people that are too polite to say what that other experience was that that other person had that was bad because they don't want to be an asshole and they don't want to blast a business that's a small business that they know, but also, Hey, maybe the line was too long that night because we were understaffed or maybe that's a bad example. Maybe is, something is like it common, is it coming up enough where it's something that, you know, this could be a real concern and, and, you know, that's, it's impactful. A lot of people look at the positives a lot more than, than the negatives. And I think, you know, the negatives, we don't, shouldn't look at them just as negatives. You look at them like constructive criticism. I think where like the social media comes is people can, be constructively criticizing people with a lot of unnecessary words and length. And it's yeah. like, you got to kind of read, like read out of the bullshit a little bit. And like, if there's a valid point in there, like, you know, it's something to, to consider and take seriously. But I think too many people like stop at the bad word and just like trash it. It's like, there might be something in there. Yeah, exactly. And like, again, there's, you got to filter through and figure out what what's valid and what's not. And I mean, there's, you got to be subjective about some stuff, yeah, but um, back to what I was saying about the, um, like the, we had to have, you know, we had to make sure that we were putting out a top quality product because of the, the hype and the uh, living up to the hype was, was what we needed to do during COVID to be able to adapt to the people that were coming from far. So with that aspect of it, we continued the same practices moving forward and improved. Um, so we were still putting out a top quality product and all that stuff, but we also, it, it got to a point where it's like, okay, there's obviously a lot of people that are way south of, of Gloucester and I mean, that bridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone south of the bridge pretty much wanted to to have an easier access to it. And um, you know, we found that location on 114, and it's like, all right, we got more walk-in. We we have walk-in freezer spaces instead of I'm five eight 
I can palm the ceiling at the, at Holy Cow because so all these like if we're talking about like things that are out of my hands or out of the business hands or whatever. We've never been able to have like proper commercial equipment because the the ceilings are so low and like we have 78 inch ceilings and all the stand up freezers that we needed to make things work are 80 inches. <laughs> and it's like just those types of things where it's like oh, well, we're going to have to be using chest freezers for everything and stocking. So like, may we make do with what we have, but, and then it's like, okay, but with Peabody opening up, we now have a walk-in freezer that, you know, we can get dropped down to negative 20 degrees and we can store stuff in there for way longer. We can, um, there's just a million advantages to it on top of being our, the new place for our production, because our production, we're able to make a better product by by having it made there because we have a colder freezer that we can, you know, basically like we, we can make our products better along with bringing the, the reach of the, the customer demographic a lot closer to, to where they wanted it to be. So um, yeah, continuing to expand. And um, I don't know if I, I, we've got, no, we haven't gotten into it, but we're, so our next location we're opening up this spring is going to be um, in Salem Willows, so that's um, a, that's another you know different um, you know different market to a certain extent because so like in order to be profitable in like the food industry or you know ice cream for for instance is like it's a volume game like the more the more units we're selling the more money we're going to make the more we can expand and you know. It's not about all making making money exactly. So like, with with this one, this is the first location that we're going to be opening up. That's um, that's in more of a like marketplace essentially. Like, so I don't know if you're familiar with Salem Willows. I really wasn't, but like, it's it's an attraction in itself. So like, there's you know the the arcades and the bumper cars and the um the clam shack and it's like so like there's a culinary experience there as well as um you know the fact that it's on the water and that it's historic salem and it's like all that so with that it kind of taps into our new like foot traffic uh location you know what i mean so like we had our we had our like diamond in the rough you travel to get there in a beach town now peabody is the like visual driving traffic because it's on 114 and now we're going to be in our first like it's going to be interesting to see what happens i mean I, I think we'll i think we'll be we'll be good as long as we get our processes in order but um there's going to be a ton of foot traffic and it's probably going to be a seasonal business but um they'll test your brand i think out a lot right is yeah. you're not getting the consistency of the same people it's you know wide range i mean a lot of people are traveling to to salem during the holidays for a lot of different things. And, you know, you might get people from all over the country now that could be talking about the, the ice cream. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of crazy to me. Where are you from uh, originally? Uh, around the South shore down like the Plymouth Carver area. Okay. Yeah. So like my wife is from Western New York uh, from Buffalo and like she went to Endicott as well. And like, that's where we met. Um, but it's funny because like her first uh, impression of like, the North shore and like coming to vacation here was like when they were visiting to, to see Endicott 
they like stayed in Salem and that was like the attraction. And I'm like, I know the history of Salem and I know like, you know, learned about the witch trials, all this stuff. It's, I completely discount the fact that it's a literal, it's a, like, it's a tourist destination for, for people all over the country. And it's crazy to me because I'm like, Oh, Salem. I'm like, yeah, it's like 20 minutes away. I don't, I don't go there specifically for anything, but Cool. Yeah. Until like you go like actually like I mean like freshman year I went like me and my buddies went for like Halloween and we just like oh. walked around and was like what it's like never doing that again I was like yeah. you get the full impact of like okay like you don't realize it for a split second it's just another yeah town. It's, it's it's wild it's a completely different uh, scene there but it's it's cool and it's like one of those things that you forget is like oh there's a tourist destination a national tourist destination in our backyard yeah. so what uh, what better way to to get the brand out there and more sell more ice cream and get it in more people's hands than to be at a, a tourist destination within Salem so a little bit more ecology too you know i mean yeah a lot of people i think the, the colleges up there go to gloucester a decent amount but i mean they're probably a little bit more frequent in salem yep um no i think salem's a a, a hot spot for a lot of a lot of things <laughs> yeah um so that's open in the spring for you guys yeah, so we're working on that right now. And like, so it's going to be beneficial, like just like Peabody was good because we were able to get our production up there. Um, this is going to be better for us too because there's a lot of space in the back over there. So we're going to turn, so right now is cookie, like all the baking and all the ice cream is all in Peabody. We're going to make more room in Peabody by moving all of the, um, all of the baking to Salem. So we're going to now be able to like get rid of this whole section of like, of all the, so like basically we're just another like production facility of it's a different. As its purpose, I think, as you're expanding, yep. to, you know, to take the, the weight off of the Gloucester one, you know, as well from the, the freezing. Yep. Space. And, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I'm very aware, like there were so many factors this first season that we were open that we can't be like that we're out of our hands but like we have to find backup plans for so like we had to close Gloucester's shop for a couple weeks at the beginning of the season because we could not make enough ice cream like could not keep up Gloucester's the original location it deserves better and our whole goal and I have like I have three or four like full-time people that are all bought in. We had a big staff meeting yesterday. One of our big um, topics of discussion was what do we need to do to make sure that we have consistency at every location to make sure that we are never shortchanging one place for another. Um, so I'm sure that there are people in Gloucester that are like, holy cow, they're like, good, have fun in Peabody. Like, <laughs> Because, I mean, there were times where during the summer there were less than a dozen flavors because we were, A, selling, we're still selling a lot of ice cream in Gloucester too. It's not like, it's not like they're getting scraps from it, from Peabody. It was just like, we couldn't keep up at both locations. And like, another thing that is a valid, uh, you know, not complaint, but a valid talking point that I've heard some people is like, why are they expanding when they can't even keep up with, with this? And it's like, time out real quick like the point of expanding is to be able to not have that be an issue anymore right so like with the salem location people might be going how are they opening they couldn't even keep up in peabody or gloucester this year so how are they going to keep up in salem it's like 
well, we will have an additional full-size walk-in freezer over there, an additional refrigeration so we can get more mix, so we can get more this, yeah, more yeah. that. Like The more we can have for square footage and for freezer space, the more ice cream we're going to be able to make and the less like desolate we'll ever have any of the stores. So it's it's all for the best. And like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I don't need to to go out or, you know, posting and like yelling, like you're wrong. It's for the better. Like, but like, sometimes I want to be like, I get where your point, I get where you're coming from, but let me just reassure you that this is for, you know, for the best. So yeah, you're not, you're not just expanding to, to open up another shop. You're, you're doing it, you know, and in, in cohesiveness with, with the other ones, you know, it's, it's got a, a more meaningful purpose behind it at the very least. Yep. Uh, yep. Which is, I think is super important to hear too. Um, Awesome, man. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of went through it a little bit, but I mean, we're at the point where we're talking springtime expanding, kind of recapping a little bit, Mike, I mean, the this, this story up to this point, I know we could have it a ton deeper, uh, yeah, yeah. was, was super interesting. And I just think there was, you know, takeaways, like a lot of trial and error from just whether it was the ice cream manufacturing early on to, you know, focusing on just the branding of your, your business to, you know, thinking creatively for your clients on a marketing standpoint and a, a product standpoint. Um, yeah. And I think all of those are, are, are amazing and going to continue to, to help you grow. I guess, you know, if we were to kind of look back and in, in a quick glimpse, like, is there a moment or is there, you know, something that you feel like you kept doing consistently that kind of helped get you to this point? Um, I think that it's a lot easier to keep grinding. So I feel like in a way, I had some, uh, in terms of the the success and the, you know, critical acclaim, I guess, of the, of the business, those types of things keep me going. Like we've, so we won, uh, we got best of North shore 2021, which like was huge for me. Like it was like, we, you know, we, we did our we did our absolute best to be able to put ourselves in a position to be able to get best of North Shore, um, and like some like when that was going on, like I I googled them like population of like the North Shore, and it was like it just had some like ridiculous number, and I'm like, wow, like huge, and it, it was just like sometimes the the pressure is actually like the the pressure is what kind of keeps me going, is like we absolutely cannot have uh, less than, you know, 30 flavors going today. We have to keep the, like the day to day. I think that there's, there's some like cliche thing, but that, like saying that like a business is a living, breathing thing. I think there's no better example than a food industry um, business being a living, breathing thing, because, you know, if you're selling, I'm just looking at like, picture frames, you know, the, in my, in my house, if you're selling picture frames. Like I'm sure that there's a, you know, you can maybe put the business on autopilot or snooze or something, but like when you have freezers that are, you know, Literally. uh, yeah, you need to keep the, the product fresh and you need to continuously produce stuff and you have to, there's so many facets to like, I mean, if you just go through a daily checklist of like the employees, it's like, they have all their stuff that they have to do. I have my stuff I have to do. Um, my managers have their stuff they have to do without my leadership or guidance. <laughs> it's a rudderless ship. 
So on top of the, the actual pressure being the main driving point to continue going every day and continue grinding. And like, I think, honestly, I think that it might be, uh, it, this might be like a, you know, self-serving or, um, or maybe like, uh, overly like confident or whatever, but like, I do live for like the positive reviews and like when we're getting people, like if we have a day that like no one tags us in something and I don't share something, I look at the story and it's not down. Like what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'll like check the cameras. I'm like, are we open? Did something happen? Like what? Like I'll take personal offense to, to not getting a good review on a, on a certain day. But, but like that being said, it's like the same thing. So like, if that's going to be the mentality of it, that's a good thing because it's going to be like, continue. I know that I'm going to always need to have you know, the, the reviews coming in and the stories and all the sharing of stuff, because if, if not, then like people aren't, it's a, it's a, like a scale or, or I'm not, it's like a good measure of like, Hey, was no one eating ice cream tonight? <laughs> like, like I'll know, granted there's always going to be sales numbers and stuff, but I mean, if you really enjoyed it, then you posted your picture on, on Instagram and I tagged it. So like, so basically like the, the motivation is to, to continue keeping people happy, to continue getting good reviews, to, to keep producing stuff. And, and the, the overall pressure, I guess, of keeping the business, keeping the lights on. Yeah. Absolutely, man. No, I mean, a lot of powerful stuff. I appreciate you taking the time today, Mike, to, um, to give us a deeper dive into Holy Cow in particular. Um, excited for, you know, that the new location in Salem um, Hollows as well. Um, where would the audience go to, to find you? I know you're on social media a lot. If you want to just give a shout out, we'll post them on our page as well. Um, but if they're looking for Holy Cow, like where are they going? Yeah, so um, we're most active on uh, Instagram at Holy Cow Ice Cream Cafe um and facebook same handle at holy cow ice cream cafe our you can order our ice cream um pre-packed pints on our website holycowicecreamcafe.com um and yeah feel free if you have any questions or i mean customer wise if anyone has any questions or comments or whatever obviously dm message email us the whole deal will be uh I'll be glued to my phone because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm addicted. I'm addicted to likes. <laughs> there we go. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. <laughs> you could, you could argue that that's not the greatest thing, but. <laughs> uh, hey, serotonin, we're spreading serotonin as much as we can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, perfect. Well, again, man, I appreciate you taking the time and, you know, we'll hopefully maybe have you back on um, down the road as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. This was fun. And uh, congratulations on, you know, what you guys are doing with your podcast. It's, uh, it's good stuff. Appreciate it, man.